I love that we have the, um, the dog soundtrack over there. I love that. <laughs> Just, we are not alone. We got all kinds of company in here. Oh, well, we're just going to surround that dog with love, right? That's right. All right, friends. So the theme for unity this month is patience. I, uh, I have a bunch of prepared remarks about patience, but I can boil it down to this. I... I'm terrible at patience. <laughs> I'm just not good at patience. I'm not an especially patient person. Now, I can be laid back. I mean, I think many of you know that I can be kind of laid back on, on, on occasion. But when I want something, or I feel something passionately, I am impatient. My impatience flies up like some kind of creature in a Harry Potter film, you know, just flies up. How well I know the cry of the psalmist. How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I, will I wrestle with my thoughts? How long will sorrow be in my heart? I am sorrowful today. That thing that happened yesterday in Charlottesville has me down. I am depressed. I am struggling. I come here gingerly. I didn't even shave this morning. I don't want any smooth words. In the light of that hatred, in the light of that divisiveness, smooth words will not do. I am in a puddle. I remember once I was at Universalist National Memorial Church just on the edge of DuPont Circle in Washington, D.C. I was young. I was in my 20s. And I, I, I went to see my friend, Vanessa Southern, who was the minister there. And I told her, you know, I, I did my whole Woody Allen thing. You know, you know I have a Woody Allen side, right? It's like, if it's not raining today, it'll rain tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I get like that. And I was telling her something, and she looked at me, and she said, Roger, we were about the same age. She said, Roger, there are a million ways to tell a story. There are a million frames you can use to tell a story. There are several lenses to tell a story. And as I thought about my story around patience is that I'm horribly impatient. But as I think about what Vanessa said, you know, I can tell that story in a different way. As I was looking into this idea of patience, I, I came across the thought of Charles Fillmore, who founded this whole unity experiment with his wife, Myrtle. And he says about patience, expand your vision. Expand your vision. Look at it from a broader expanse. So I began to think about that. What other stories could I tell around me and patience? I could tell stories about showing up just as I am year after year in rallies for peace, in rallies for gay and lesbian rights, in rallies for racial reconciliation. Sometimes I would be asked to speak at them. Sometimes I would just be there. 
but I showed up. That's a story I could tell. I could tell the story about um, doing unions for gay men and unions for lesbians before same-sex marriage came into the picture. Just quietly unionizing them, working on behalf of equality. I could tell tell ways that I showed up in small ways and big ways around the work to end the death penalty when nobody was looking, sitting in a rabbi's office in Denver, sitting in a minister's office or a priest's office in Fort Collins, in Pueblo, talking quietly with them, letting them feel their way through this stuff about the death penalty or being with hundreds of clergy fighting for the end of the death penalty in front of the Supreme Court. I've been patient in those ways. I've been patient in those ways. And I think about my friend and partner in racial reconciliation work. She's the head of a big local organization, and we've been together for years working on this stuff. And I'm on her board, and we've spoken together places, and we've done stuff together. And I annoy her so badly. And she annoys me so badly sometimes. We fight like cats and dogs, brothers and sisters. We just, we do that. But we keep showing up, don't we? We keep showing up. We keep being together. There's some patience there. What story might you tell about patience? If you take a big, broad view. We don't give up on each other. It's worth the effort. We show up time and again. The effort is worth it. After the evil of what we saw yesterday in Charlottesville, white nationalists chanting Nazi slogans. I said to myself, how long, O Lord? And then I said to myself, I'm going to take a broader view. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep showing up. Small ways, big ways. I'm going to keep showing up. Patiently, prayerfully, with rugged determination. Bold determination to talk about how I've been privileged in this systemic racist society where white supremacy is the law of the land. So I confess. I confess, I confess, I confess, knowing I am complicit in this system built on racism and domination, but I'll show up time and again, tearfully, prayerfully, Old, years on end if necessary to say there's a better way to say the place where I work at sometimes called unity has a message that's important white supremacy must be dismantled and I can only do my small part be an ally with my black and Latino brothers and sisters show up and say how can I help I will make the effort because the effort is worth it. You see, one of the stories we tell about patience is that it's passive, weak. Mm -mm. No, it takes effort. It takes effort to be patient. There's a great story. I'll tell you this great story. Uh, this, This Dutch man wrote a story about wanting to live in a Zen monastery in Japan. 
And one of the things he mentions in this book is that he, um, he, he went there and one of their traditions at the Zen monastery is the abbot, the Zen master, will say, okay, okay, novice, you want to be a part of our monastery? Stay outside. Stay outside for a little while. Stay outside the doors. A few days. You stay out there a few days. And then we'll talk. It's a test of their commitment to join the monastery. They have to hold themselves in a particular position. More like squatting than kneeling. So if Crystal wants to go there, if I want to go there, if Shinna wants to go there, whoever wants to go there, you've got to wait outside. Nope, just wait outside. Kneel down, wait outside. We'll, we'll be with you in a little bit. It's a great gift. It's a great gift. It's a compassionate act. Every once in a while, in the midst of those days, sitting outside, testing your commitment, the abbot will send somebody out to kick you and um, scoot you along. It's a great gift because, A, you're no longer in that kneeling position. You're in a different position. But also, if you run off to the forest, this Zen monastery isn't for you, right? This is what it is to be patient. This is what it is to to, to know what it's like to wait for something. But the wait is worth it. Just wait. Can you imagine the feelings that would come to you if you're, if you're sitting outside that monastery? Even if, you've, even if you've figured it out, oh, I'm being tested. My commitment is being tested. Even if you know rationally, dark, angry, resentful thoughts are going to come your way, I would imagine. But it's a necessary prerequisite for the life of the Spirit, the life in that monastery. If you don't have patience, if you can't endure, well, don't bother trying to come into this monastery. It's not going to work. You're not going to get very far. Patience, Fillmore said, is a state of mind that beholds the world from the harmony of the Christ mind. A freedom from personal thinking. An attitude of mind characterized by poise and calmness and a quiet, restful trust in the face of trying conditions. It has its foundation in love. The first piece of this idea of patience is spiritual understanding. The larger the vision of life the more freedom we feel and we're spared the friction and frettings that come to those who are centered in personality. We may take the gift of patience and make use of it. We may receive it by faith and work on it in all the departments of our lives and the daily practice of truth. So at the end of the day, patience is about faith and love and trust. Faith and love and trust. How long, O Lord? How long? Patience is a great gift. It will enable you to experience time differently. If you're focused on what's coming next, if you're focused on that thing that you can't quite get to, 
getting into that monastery, whatever it is, finding racial reconciliation and peace in the kingdom of God on earth, whatever it is that you're longing for, if you're focused over there, where are you not? You're not in the here and now. And where do we know the kingdom of love is, the kingdom of God's mercy and peace in the here and now? You'll experience time differently. All right, so I want to tell you a story about this. Well, Fillmore, to illustrate, to illustrate this a little bit, Fillmore talked about if you put light through a prism, you know, it comes out in a bunch of different colors, right, at the other end. And he, Fillmore says, um, love is like this. Love is like this. It's like this prism. There are all these colors. And one is gentleness, and one is kindness, and one strand is patience. Sweet, holy patience. So I want to I tell you a little bit about this idea of love and patience and faith and trust to illustrate what this whole idea of patience is like. Scholars, um, scholars are really curious about the early church, the first couple hundred years of the early church after Jesus dies and is resurrected according to the story and his message of love continues on. How did the church grow in those first couple hundred years? How did that happen? If you think about it, the church was full of people who, um, who uh, only worshipped privately. It wasn't like New Life Church where it's like, whoa, all these people. No, it was just like all this little private worship, right? And um, they had to be baptized. And then you, if you were a Christian in those early hundred years, you know, you might get martyred. So that's a sort of a disincentive, right? <laughs> uh, you know, and the, people are like, how did this grow? How did this happen? And there's this beautiful theory that the reason the church grew is they lifted up this idea of patience. They lifted up this idea of patience. The Roman Empire didn't have any kind of interest in patience. And people who were scholars in that particular you know, tradition had no interest. Patience was stuff that the slaves had to put on out of necessity. But these Christians were talking about it as the greatest virtue, as the highest of goals. Origen said, it is peculiarly ours. It is particularly ours. What made the church attractive to folks was this lifestyle of slowing down, of not being in a rush, not being in a hurry, and taking life as it was. They lifted up this idea of patience. They said, Jesus, the one we follow, the one whose consciousness we're embodying, Jesus taught us when he said, love your enemies. When he said, be kind to those who are different than you. Be patient in all things. Be loving in all things. 
Jesus shows the meaning of patience in his teachings. God lets the sun shine on the good and the evil. And we are going to be here worshiping love and kindness. This wonderful patience. But it wasn't just the words they used. It was the way they embodied this patience in their own lives. People said, it's not just that we love patience, but that we're going to live out of patience in all things. So what did people notice about those early Christians? They resisted retaliation. They resisted retaliation. Even in the face of um, the storm and the messiness of life, they practiced steadfastness, patience, forbearance. Pray for your adversaries. Pray for your prosecutors. The second thing that folks noticed about that early church around this idea of patience is that what they did together was they loved one another. They took care of one another. They slowed down. And what was the center of their worshiping idea? To sit around a table and eat together. That's it. Tables of peace. The table is open. Well, that's a little bit of that. That's a little bit of that. Patience helped the church grow. Henry Nouwen, the Catholic priest, said, the place of grace and salvation is when you're feeling impatient and wanting to jump over here to the solution in that place of messiness and uncomfortableness and discomfort, if you can stay in the here and now and know that God's peace is with you and you are embodying God's peace, then you will be love in the world, light in the world. And the human events the human events that sometimes tear us apart will become divine because of your presence. Because of your presence. So that's my reflection on patience. Does anybody know what I have in my hand? Uh, Larkin does. What do I have in my hand, Larkin? I have a bowl. This is Ariana's bowl, so don't tell her I used it. Um, This is Ariana's bowl. And these are mustard seeds. What do you know about mustard seeds? If you have the faith of a mustard seed, if you have the faith and the love of a mustard seed, Jesus said, you can move mountains. My heart is broken this morning because of what happened in Charlottesville. And I want the mountain of love to move across our country, to move in my heart. And Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a few minutes, and I'm going to come to each one of you, whether you're from California or not. I'm going to come around, and I'm going to give you a mustard seed and remind you that your light, your light,
your love and your faith, even if it's the size of this mustard seed, can make the world more beautiful and just. Blessings. And it's going to take a minute. The, the, the Rockies will still be playing when we're done. We're going to be all right. <laughs> Friends, this much faith and love will move mountains and help build. This much faith. And if you know this song, you can join me in singing while Roger is doing this. This much faith, friend, will move mountains. This much faith will move mountains. God bless you. I will be gentle with myself.
your light, your love, your faith, your hope, your being, small as it might be, can heal the world, can heal broken hearts, can be a blessing in this world. So much brokenness and so much beauty. Your light, let it shine. This is the time in the service when we offer thanks and gratitude for the ways that we bless one another. The offering will be received, and gratefully so. Whether it's your time or your talent or your treasure, let us speak our words of affirmation together in abundance. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive.